The following podcast may be explicit. It may contain references to and examples of bodily functions. It may also contain infantile humor and profane language. It may also contain some useful information about the tabletop RPG hobby. If you find any of these things offensive, stop listening now. Thank you, and enjoy the show. Eye for an eye, the way it ever rolled, and we got some more bass requiring a toll, we'll shock you. We will all you. You will never understand all the hurt that befalls you. Opportunity attack, what's that bitch? I got a big thing, scratching you a bad itch. You're a weak bite, like a flea bite, and we'll kill you like a pony on the bomb night. You never knew what hit you in a lock away. Click a thing or something like a center in a check chick. Little pamphlet, yeah. Thank you for joining us for Season 17, Episode 2 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. This is Stork. And uh, who did anyone go to the con? I did. You went to the con, that's right. Yay! Did I you, ran the podcast. Is that, that's the only thing you did gaming related, huh? No. Besides um, drink. Well, we drank. It's <laughs> like running of the bowls, but it's running of the podcast. <laughs> right. um, I, I played some games like at the, the open tables a little bit. And like little card games and stuff like oh, that. You did? But, okay. Yeah, but I didn't play um, in any games. And since finals are this week, I had absolutely no time to like plan a game of my own. Right. Because so. right. you know. Really? Oh, I'm because we none of us were busy, and well, of course, none of us made it to the con. Never right. mind. <laughs> There's no judgy face. I'm not saying you weren't busy. I'm saying I was. Oh my <laughs> God! Fair's over. Thank God we have our weekends back. <laughs> right. Oh. <laughs> it's finished. We're back to full-sized episodes again, right? Uh, almost. I, I'm ramping up. I'm ramping up. Well, you got to ease into a full-sized episode. Exactly. You don't want to just take it all. You don't at go once. out and run a marathon. No, 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 no. <laughs> there's, there's, you know, got to work up like, to it. Wayheyo. <laughs> <laughs> Relax into it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> just keep doing the show. Yep. Ignore what just happened. September 2nd, 3rd, 4th, and 5th, Gateway 2016, Labor Day weekend, Strategicon's premiere. Or largest. I think it's Orcon's the largest. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's the, one, the one with the biggest Happy Jacks representation. Yes. Uh, I've already got my game. I already it's got the one con game put Strategicon mm-hmm. was named for. Gateway? Oh, maybe not. No. <laughs> it's Gateway. The dogs do that, or the kids do that? No, it's your, it's Kimmy's dog, oh, your right. your old dog, Kimmy's right. new dog. So, old, uh, I ga- don't, how does it, it's a complicated relationship? It is. Yeah, I get. I gave that dog up. Yeah. Um. So they hate the dog. I love the dog. It I works can't out stand well. That dog. September second through the fifth at the LAX Hilton Hotel. The luxurious LAX Hilton Hotel. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> luxurious is a euphemism for fascist. Yes. <laughs> uh. I I I don't I think I I think I'm backing you up on that. Yeah, I I, I booked a suite. Yes, I'm not sure I want to go. I'm going to no, go. They're no. not they're not like allowing us to walk around with beers anymore. I know you can. Just, you just have to buy smack, it there. It's not their fault. It's they don't. Fault. Yeah, they don't care the if you have alcohol as long as you bought it from the hotel. Yeah. <sighs> Everywhere I want to go have fun is having the same rules. It, really? Yeah. I didn't notice that. Really. <laughs> <laughs> Not, right. I'm not sure I like this brave new world. It'll be I, fine. We'll just go is, back it is, to... It like, is a brave new world, isn't it? <laughs> we'll go back to the style of the cons of old, where well, we, we finish the podcast and we hang out for a little while, and then we all go back to one person's room and we just drink ourselves silly. That's there. why I got a suite. Yep. <laughs> so you can go to someone else's room because you're not letting anybody in your suite. I'll let people in my room, but they ain't staying there. No. <laughs> See... <laughs> 
and most of the time at most cons that happen in hotels, people go to people's suites and there's lots of people. It's a whole different thing that happens. But gaming cons, we're the most harmless people in the world. We actually go to like, no, get out of my room. I'm going to sleep. <laughs> well, you got a suite. I'd fuck you. I'm going to bed. No, but I'll, have, the, I'll stay. I stay up late during cons. Yeah, you have very sure. different memories of the first couple Happy Jacks cons than I do. <laughs> well, I, 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 I turn into a pumpkin at night. I remember true. a lot yeah. of about the Happy Jacks cons. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'll be there, uh, and I've got a big, big blue monkeys from outer space game on there. Nice. I may put a second one. I only put one up now, um, but it, it's a good opportunity for me to play test stuff with people who. I don't game with all the time, mm-hmm. so and that's kind of where I am with Moment of Truth and to, to kind of get things where they need to be. So I have to say, um, I've been playing Overwatch a lot, the not friendly shooter game that just came out from Blizzard, and one of their characters is a giant um, scientist gorilla, and he has one of his skins that he has is a giant blue suit, and I'm like, look, it's a big blue the monkey. Blue monkey. Totally gorilla. Every time drop, I see him, suit. I think of that. That's awesome. <laughs> And then the the show will be at eight thirty or eight p.m. on Saturday, probably in Santa Monica C again. Maybe, or maybe we're working. My, we're maybe mo- in my room. <laughs> we're, I got. We're a working suite. on options of, that will allow us to drink without <clears throat> penalizing the con. I got a suite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were getting fined. Yes, is what I heard. Like if they saw someone with outside food in one of the gaming areas, they'd find them. Yeah, I didn't actually hear any stories of people being. Like spoken to immediately, but most of us, there were definitely a lot of people around watching. So we think that at the end of the con, they probably just like handed a bill to the. So the con right. was getting fined. Yeah. yeah. So if you just con. don't wear your badge, they don't That's, know who to find. Yeah, I mean, if someone were to just walk off the street with a Burger King bag and sit down in the in the lobby and eat it, if they don't have a con badge on, how the fuck do they know the person is a con goer? See, right? I don't know if they were being that. I don't know. Uh, yeah, um, I mean, I have no idea. Maybe but they were. That, that's breaking. That's breaking the letter of the rule, right there. Yeah, and, and you know what? I mean, they really need to find another venue. gamers. Kind of have a look, a look to them. Doesn't matter. That does not matter. That's if profiling. You're not, if you're not wearing, if you're not wearing a con badge, they cannot prove that that person was an ant- attendee. Right, but it unless could have been anyone. Right, but unless they're actually documenting every instance of it, which may, they, they should were finding be doing them per instance. Is, is right, what, but what are I, they documenting in that carefully? Like, here's a picture of a guy with a com badge and his bag of Burger King. I don't know. See, yeah, I don't know. know. We'll Only, find out. The, the rumor mill will spread the right. news. It's it, it, it. They need a new venue. Mm-hmm. Pasadena, Pasadena, mm-hmm. alcohol friendly. You should see the vomit trucks go and sweep everything Uni- up. Universal City Walk. There, there too. Either yeah. one, I'm fine with either one. Two minute Uber ride to my house. <laughs> I could if they held it at the convention center in Pasadena, I could walk home. Yeah, and they have hotels around the way. Remember, you live just up one street. You just have That's to go through, and you're Keep and you're like a couple blocks north direction. of the freeway. Get on any street, <laughs> go head west, head yes, and more north. Fair Oaks, go north. Yes, that's um, so unhelpful for me. Like even stone cold so sober, someone would say that to me. I'm like, I I don't know which way west is. Don't know. I don't. I don't know what street I'm on. Yeah, I don't know. Either. I have that bump in my head that tells me which way what north is. Yeah, a bump. It, it comes with the Eagle Scout wing thing. It does. Yeah, it, it does. might. Get, you, they implant a chip in your head that yeah. then talks to you and tells you where north is. Yeah. If I, I knew where the freeway was, I could probably figure I'm, that out. You can hear it. I, I can almost um, unless I go on an airplane. Mm. If I don't, if I don't go on an airplane, I can kind of keep track of what direction north is. I just do it. But if I get on an airplane because of the, all of the taxiing and stuff and the runways going all different directions. In the small visual window. And, yeah. and you, know, you can't really see where you is are. Is the sun coming up? 
Put it on your left. Right. Put it on the left. Yes. If the sun's coming up and you put it on your left, you're headed south. I know. I was a okay. quote this from quoting uh, the Avengers. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm done with comic book movies. I am. Yeah. The it's second Avengers. Yeah, it was. Have you seen the other ones? Because I haven't yet either. No. You I'm haven't going, had time either, with, huh? I'm going. I'm, I'll watch them on Netflix. Okay. It used to be I'll watch them when it comes on TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wonder Woman's being repeated on TV, by the way. Still good stuff. Wonder Linda Wonder. Carter. She's awesome. Oh, really? That's yeah. awesome. Sure. And two of my best <laughs> friends right there. You know, I've never seen any of the shows. They're awesome. She's She <laughs> is... I've seen... She has the best attributes. She she maintains her dignity and the best (laughs) attributes. She really is. (laughs) And yet, it still looks dignified. Uh, In this episode, Allervent writes in with a GMing question about introducing NPCs. Alan, a.k.a. Diceoff, asks a question about world building. I think he's in uh, in the chat room there. Uh, Hour 11 writes in about combat. GM Zach asks for a rules-heavy system recommendation, and Jonathan tells us of his D&D 5E woes. No, 4E woes. 4E, 4E woes. Hour 11's been around a while. He's like one of of the originals. It's good to see him writing in Mm -hmm. again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And that new thing, tip of the week. Wait for it. Wait for it. That's the wrong one. It's <laughs> the best one ever. It's so perfect. That has to be the tip of the week sound now forever. <laughs> no, it's gonna be this. No, no. I'm gonna make an. I'm no, gonna make you one just for you just week. need the the the. the, pam, 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 the That's, um, I can't. I'll never find that. No, it, you That's remember from it now. Ten years ago. If it, it was from if it was from the Angry Folk Music and Infidel yeah. Comedy yes. Show, that was like ten years ago. That is a long time. I'll find the file and you can isolate it, or you can just redo it. You it took you probably thirty hair. seconds to make yeah, it the first time. Out. Uh, anyway, tip of the tip of the week. Just the tip. Just the tip. And then this is something we're going to try to start doing every episode, and uh, someone will volunteer a little nugget of information for either GMs or players. Yep. Um, but since this was Stu's idea, we're making him go first. I'm doing the first one. The laptop is the new GM screen. Ooh. Mm-hmm. A laptop like is an excellent replacement for a GM screen. It, it'll, it still allows you to hide all of your secrets, yes. assuming that you're all digital. And players can see your role, so they won't they won't think you're cheating. Mm-hmm. What do you think about a netbook or any of the sort of hybrids? Same thing. Right. Same yeah. thing. Fair enough. It takes up less space and minimizes the isolation between GM and the players. Mm-hmm. Do eat. That's it. That's okay. the tip of the week. Week, 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 week. I, Kimmy, you get <laughs> so awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> It'll integrate the crying baby into the. I think my. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My milk just dropped. I wonder if I could, <laughs> uh, I could take the and and pitch bend it and, and auto tune it to make make that. Make the the <laughs> yeah, you just you just actually assign it just that keyboard sound. Tu- da, 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 da. Just just sing it like you just did and record. It's infinitely easier and hilarious. I could do that. All right, emails. GMing question from Allervant. Allervant. Isn't that an allergy medicine? No, that's Allegra. Oh, I thought it was Alavert. There's an Alavert too. You're right, there is. Uh, dear Happy Jack's crew, first, I want to thank you for all the GMing advice. I've been the backup GM for my group for beep, 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 yeah, I was beep, 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 beep. <laughs> and that, yeah, got it. Yeah. Uh, group for a while now, and you've really helped me improve my skills. This, There's still one problem with NPCs. I need your help with. 
There's only one problem. I'm going to take a drink. Take a drink. NPCs give me a problem. <laughs> Chaser. Wow. <laughs> Is it going to go? No, it's fine. Mm. <sighs> that's, that, <laughs> that that's, that's, you've just gone through like all the bodily fluids all in one <laughs> in like 30 that, seconds. That reminds me of that movie SOB. That? Yeah. You yeah, have yeah. displayed every excretive yeah. uh, bodily function. Well, I didn't vomit. That's not excretive. <laughs> God, that was a funny movie. I think. Well, I think Super uh, after Julie Anders' breasts, I didn't remember anything else. I don't even remember that. I didn't even watch it again. This is for a modern superheroes campaign, but this could apply, could be applied anywhere. The plot, the last session, involved the group's wizard contact. This wizard, the Wanderer, is twenty-something years old and has a debt and has some daddy issues. Yeah. Can you be a wizard at twenty years old? That seems like with daddy issues, sure. Well, with daddy issues, yeah, but yeah, you know one spell, yeah, <laughs> magic missile, magic missile, magic missile, magic missile. <laughs> Uh, in this session, uh, he had a date with an elf, Ashera, 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 Ashera. Don't let the details get in the way of a good story. From the thank f- you, Kimmy. I <laughs> truly, truly, the, to I totally by. stole that for you from you from the fair. I'm assuming that's fairy realm, and the Ash- and the Ashera's younger sister, El- Aletha. Yeah, Aletha. Aletha. Aletha Franklin. Uh, <laughs> came along. The Wanderer and Ashira used the Xbox as a babysitter for Aletha while they went on their date. After is this, is this a modern is like child abandonment here? Yeah, <laughs> like, that's a, that's called a neglectatron. Yeah, we used to have a swing that you would. It was electric swing. They put the they put the baby in it, mm-hmm. and you hit it, put it on high, and you start it, and it was like a pendulum, and it just sits there and swings the baby back and forth. And then you guys went out on dates. No, we wouldn't go out on dates, but you could like get five minutes away from the kid, right? Yeah. But, <gasps> Heather and I called it the neglectatron. Sure. Oh. <laughs> well, it, it, well, it allowed you a chance to like go to the bathroom, take a shower. Exactly. Those are the best things. Man. Eat food, right? But after, not going on dates. Okay, uh, Sorry. Uh, after Aletha. Yeah. After Aletha got bored playing Call of Duty, she went out in, into Chicago to explore. Now, I had intended for Ashera to be about the same maturity level as The Wanderer and gave her a kind of valley girl personality. After the players listened to Ashera babble on for a few minutes, which was a glorious improv on my part... At least you're humble. Uh, one of them implied the Wanderer was into jailbait. Oh, like she was too young. This wasn't the impression I wanted the players to get of their wizard contact. Oh, so these are both NPCs? Yeah, he's playing two NPCs. Mm. <clears throat> There's a mistake. And yep. the third, and a, and a the third little one. sister. Yeah. This wasn't the impression I wanted... Uh, the players to get of the wizard contact. The Wanderer was intended to be a bit of a slacker, but still knowledgeable and skilled, not only one who preys on immature women. Maybe I shouldn't shouldn't have made the elves under five feet tall, but I wanted to go against the trope. It's <clears throat> so interesting. Ha- it wouldn't even occur to me that the elf would be younger than the human. I would th- if it's an elf, you would think it's <laughs> like, hundreds like, or thousands or ageless. Right, yes. but, it, but it, the way he was playing it was coming across as... Right. Right. But he's 20. 
Right. Not the well, guy, but, but, but the, the uh, one. But again, he's playing all three NPCs. So carry That's on. Carry on. Yeah. So how do I avoid players getting skewed impressions of NPC allies? This will be important as I introduce a magic sage named Father Mojo that session, and I want to avoid the players making him out to be something he's not due to GM inexperience. Oh, the group did um, find Aletha after oh. taking Father Mojo's suggestion, uh, and look in the kind of places the fairy realm didn't have, like a skys- like skyscrapers. She was in the sky deck of the Sears Tower, dancing on a plexiglass ledge. I wanted her to be a little mature, uh, to be a little more mature than her apparent age, but she wound up coming off as a bit of a brat. Thanks, and have a drink. Allervant. P.S. There is no P.S. P.P.S. There isn't a P.P.S. either, so move on to the next segment. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. So I think that's the first problem. Yeah. Uh, having NPCs interact with each other turns the players into an audience rather than the protagonists of the story. Right. Which is their... God-given right as players. They sat there for 20 (laughs) minutes and watched you play out a dialogue between three NPCs, and they're trying to figure out who the fuck they're going to care about. A bad date. Dude. A bad date, too. It's not even like it's like an exciting like battle that you're describing. It's like, they went on a date, and they played Xbox. You were so in love with your characters, and you had such an anime romance with them, that these guys had to sit there and watch you play this out for 20 minutes. No wonder. Oh, and then eventually you actually told them where to go to find the kid, too. Dude. I get it. You love the the, the the story. I get that you love your NPCs. You need to back off. I agree. Mm-hmm. Play one NPC at a time. Because Stu has a rule. I he says, hate playing more than one NPC. Stu at a time. says, if I have to get in a discussion with myself, I've I, done something wrong. Yeah. <laughs> now, it, 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 sometimes circumstances cause that to happen. Yes. But I get past it as quickly as I can. Mm-hmm. Rather than play both characters, I narrate what their conversation is and then back to you guys right because i i've been preaching about this for a long time but yeah that's a problem now as far as players getting a um bad uh or or a inaccurate first impression Mm -hmm. about an npc if that's a problem to you which i don't necessarily think it is i mean people get impressions from other people in very very random ways Mm -hmm. i mean if you meet someone on the wrong day you're going to think that person is a certain way when maybe they were pissed off at their boss or, you know, drunk off their ass or what, whatever it was. But, I mean, th- that people get very random first impressions of people, especially in weird, like, high emotional stakes things like a first date. It's true in real life. You and I go through life thinking we're not assholes because we, we... Right? Right. And what the fuck? I know. Why would anybody think that? Because we're not. Right. Well. <laughs> right. Absolutely right. Harumph. I didn't get a harumph out of that guy. <laughs> anyway, um, if that's a if that's a problem to you, you just have to be super concise with that stuff and super clear. Mm-hmm. And I have and I have a feeling when you're bouncing back and forth between two NPCs, creating a one man scene, you can't predict what it is they're going to glom onto as. Here is the here's the. Um, um, plot thread. Here's no, the not the plot thread. Here's the uh, um, what do they call what do they call it when you when you're developing characters? The characteristics. 
No, <laughs> no. Like when you have a, when you have a scene with a character to develop that character, there's a name for it. Character development. No, that's not the word. <clears throat> no, I just said both I of those words. That. that wasn't the word. That, You're that just was the word. I don't know the word. I'm speaking of moving on and like. <laughs> is name, it's not. Is it exposition? Yeah, that can work. Yeah. Okay, but when if you have a scene where you where you have two NPCs and you're turning to yourself back and forth, going through this date, which I guess the players are seeing. It's it's how I'm reading that. Uh, they were in the back seat, I guess. Um, when they when they went to you know Lovers Lane or Hangout Hill or whatever they call it, um, and they're going back and forth. You can't predict what they're what moment or what interaction they're going to use to define those two characters. So if you want the characters defined a certain way, which I kind of don't think you should, but if you do, if it's important for something that it should, that, that they get defined a certain way, you need to limit their interaction or their observation of the interaction of that character to that one establishing thing. Yeah. If you've written backstories about your NPCs, first of all, you kind of have a problem because that means that you've almost crossed the line into a player PC. But I think you need to allow yourself to have the players define your NPC for you. Stu had a great example of that happening in our Inukai game Mm -hmm. where people were talking about this interaction between uh, some of the NPCs and their backstory. He decided that, hmm, why couldn't that person be that way? Uh, did you, I, I thought that I came out, who I, that was. I, I thought, it, I thought you decided to make the, the daimyo gay because of people, the way, the way he had this interaction with, uh, the sword master. I did not come up with that immediately. No, that's what I'm it, saying. It was, had you written a backstory? Someone made a comment. I don't remember if it was someone in the game or if it was someone on a forum. I think might it have might been, have been someone from the forum. But someone made a comment yeah. and I'm like... I've totally set that up without even realizing I've yeah. been setting it up. Right. Absolutely right. So, mm-hmm. And it was fairly early on. It was like within was. like four sessions or so. My point being that you're doing yourself a disservice if you've written these whole backstories by not allowing your players to define these pieces and let this stuff sort of happen organically. Because that would never well, have happened had you written yourself a backstory. I'm always willing to throw that stuff out, though. You are. Other people aren't. <laughs> he should be. He should be. <laughs> That's my point. Yeah. I, I mean... I. I don't have a problem with with coming up with intricate backstories for char- for NPCs. It makes them easier to play. If yes. I if I have a dude and he's been through these certain situations and he sees the world a certain way, when the players come in with their with their left hook, it's going to be easier f- for me. All of that information that I've come up with in the past will inform how he will react to certain situations. Like your lizard man bar bar uh, barkeep in our right. four E game. Yes. And that and, and so whatever the players do, I have a I have a good grounding in who this guy is and how he reacts in certain situations, and and that and that's valuable to have. But if the players suddenly come up with something, if the players decide because of an interaction that they've had that this guy is a certain way, it doesn't mean they're wrong. No, I don't think so. you can. You can, as a GM, decide I'm going to yes and and I'm going to make what they said correct. Or maybe that's just the mistaken impression the player, the characters got. Right. Because they saw this guy in this one situation act a specific way, and maybe most of the time he isn't that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that can be really a great dynamic and kind of twist in a game. And that can, 
also create a situation where later on, if they think the NPC is like really distrustful mm-hmm. and and uh, he's going to stab him in the back and all this stuff, and then in the end he like comes out and like totally does him a solid, mm-hmm. they're going to be like, hey, we kind of got the wrong idea about that yeah. guy. And suddenly you've either created PC character growth or NPC growth, mm-hmm. who knows which, doesn't really matter which. Right. But it created a more of a dynamic relationship where it's suddenly more complicated because mm-hmm. there, there's tons of times you meet someone and you get a bad impression about them and then someone says, oh, you know, so-and-so is really... And then you talk to him later and you realize, oh, yeah, I can get this guy. You mm-hmm. know, that happens all the time. Right. And, I, and in games, it makes perfect sense for it to happen. So mm-hmm. personally, I don't think it's that big of a deal. But if it is to you, if you want them to have a specific um, reaction to an NPC... Limit it to that one defining thing. Yeah. And don't give them a bunch of other stuff because players are really easily distractible. Oh, yeah. And distrustful. Oh, yeah. Yes. So if you give if you give the players, if it's like, okay, I'm going to hand the players someone they can come to to ask information about the setting. Mm-hmm. Right? Real common thing for someone to do. Sure. Because all the, you know, the... All the characters, even if the characters were all born in in this culture, the players didn't read the background information, <laughs> or or can keep track. Right. Uh, so it's not have, their job to you, sit around and remember the you map. Have, you know, you know, the minister of etiquette will is is here for your yes. you know, mm-hmm. questions and to provide counsel. Yes. And, and there you go. There's your dude. And if you have a, and he can you know pipe up. In I mean, it's kind of a kind of a hackneyed thing to do. But it's very common, and there's yeah. nothing there's nothing wrong with it. No. But if you want that that guy to be that, have him step in in a moment and says, "Oh, by the way, I'm the minister of etiquette." And blah, yeah, blah, 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 he's blah, a badge blah. And, or something. And, and just just so you know, in this situation, the daimyo uh, right now would probably behead you uh, if you were to say that louder, and he actually heard you. Yeah. I'll be in the back. Yeah. And then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. Didn't and, know and the rules. He, You're right. He, Good point. He came in. He yep. was helpful. Yeah. And he left. Right. Yep. So you're going, that guy is helpful. That's what the player brain will think. <laughs> yes. Yes. Right? They won't say, why did that guy do that thing for us? They're going to say, oh, no, my head's still on my neck. Yes. Unless you're playing vampire and you're like, oh, crap, well, I yeah. owe my bone shit. Right. <laughs> oh, you, and you might. Yeah. So I, if it's necessary, make those interactions small. Observing a whole date. I mean, my God, how many people act the way they really are on a first date? <laughs> it's been so long i don't know no one really no one i'll People take your who only it. date once yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm getting my first date with my husband i ordered a salad <laughs> <laughs> come on all right That's but he fun. married you anyway he did, yeah well he very quickly realized that was a lie world uh, building from dice off oh, oh, and now he's in the yeah. forum yeah, well, he's, off. He's, I, he's in the chat room. Can I just make a comment, too, going yeah, back go. to, before we start? This is the strangest description of any game I've ever heard. Dice-offs? No, no, no. The the last one, the one where not, I'm yeah, not quite yeah. over the last one yet. Modern superhero campaign with a wizard. And fairies. And, no, 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 elves from a fair realm. He wrote, typed fair multiple times. I think he meant fairy. I th- he must have, but he spelled fair like Renaissance w- fair like Renaissance with an Renaissance fair. Right. Autocorrect sometimes. And it's a date... But they have a little sister who has an Xbox. I'm like, I'm almost sensing, like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not saying we're being punked, but maybe we are. I don't know. I don't think so. No? Okay. This person just super creative. Oh, we got name checked by someone. What was the name of that? 
We got name checked. Yeah, someone someone said something nice about us on another podcast. What? what? Oh, rel- actually, that's in the email. A relatively new. It's po- in the email. Is it? Is it yeah, yeah. It's you put email? it in here. I read it earlier today. I don't want to say I read the emails, but I did. Is it in these really? Uh, I will. I will point it out to you here. I saw it on the forum. Oh, maybe it was on the forum. Oh, yeah, I was see, forum. I was looking it up anyway. Yeah, all right. Oh, you bastard. I will read. You want me to read? Yes. World bi- building yeah. from Dice Off? Okay. Hello, you glorious drunk bastards. <laughs> Take a drink. Oh. Alan, a.k.a. Dice Off on the forums, born in the UK, but living... Oh, shit. But living born in Knoxville, in the Tennessee. UK, living in Knoxville... Okay, no, never mind. Where's you live? Um, so choose which accent you'd... Fuck. Knoxville. Knoxville. I, I can't do those. I do. I have a Russian accent and a ba- somewhat oh, bad Irish one. All right, I'm just gonna keep reading. Do, I'm doing the bad new- Irish accent. Doing the bad Irish accent. <laughs> Shit. Okay. It's been a long time since I've been Irish at fair. Okay. Uh, okay. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. That's right. Just right. the top. You really I'm good. The you talk the lower. I'm a new so listener, and I'm already a huge fan. Your podcasts fill most of my work day, and I thank you for making such an enjoyable podcast. Ergo, stro- stroking over, I actually have a couple of questions. Oh, you got, ego you got Russian on us on there. Ego stroking. Ergo, stroking. Right now. the only accent I have. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> That's why I read that email that first time. I was like, finally something I can do? Okay. Um, I am new to jamming in, in my group and currently creating a new city for my games to be based on, uh, to be based in. I'm even going so far as to make a wiki so all the information is available in one spot. <laughs> Shut up. The First world- thing that happens in your game when you make a wiki for a city, the players leave it. Right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the world I'm trying to create is a gritty Victorian slash steampunk horror. The problem is is uh, that this is my first ever time that I've tried creating something like this. So do you have any hints and tips for a new newcomer trying to create an interesting world for my players? Take a drink. Also, as I mentioned, this is going to be a horror setting, but I've never played in a horror game myself, so I have no experience to go off of. Good so, for you. Big yeah, balls. Yes, yeah, awesome. super brave. So how do, I, uh, how do I set the mood for a horror setting? My players are willing and are very excited to play in this city that I'm creating for them. Keep up the good work and happy gaming. Alan, dice off. Rule one, if you're going to run a horror game, don't invite Stork. No. Don't no. invite Stork. Uh, rule two is don't, Scooby-Doo. Don't, don't ever watch any other like horror movie. that were, You know what, dude? You, you are a clean slate. You are a, a tabla rasa. Go out there and do your horror thing the way you want to do it. Yeah. Set up some candles and do some things and don't pay attention to what everybody else tells you because they've all done their own version and and to various I'm more successes. to see what he comes up with. I am too. That's exactly it. my point. Because he's looking at it with a fresh take, especially since he's never even played in one. Ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ever. Uh, and do just, what you think is right. I mean, there's all kinds of, there's like mood setting things sure. you can do. Yeah. There's problems with, with having like a dark room because people need to read their freaking character sheets and stuff yeah. like that. But, you know, having candlelight or dressing in a certain way, having the room set up in a certain way, behaving a certain way, you know, no, don't do the whole glad handing, hey, how's it going, blah, 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 blah. Right, right. Be a little more formal, maybe stuff like that can kind of help, but... I'm, I'm more interested to see what you come up with. I, I agree. Sorry. I mean, I no, I know. I, help, that's my. That's the thing. I mean, there's all sorts of. You could light candles, and you can do the whole you know, fog, and you can do. Are you rang? I mean, right. you could do. Do you have that there? Uh, yeah, of course you do. 
If the fucking thing. You right. God, that guy. <laughs> what a. You right. You right. You right. You can probably uh, do it at like five o'clock in the morning. Well, yeah, I can. Or if I'm, yeah, just if I get my mouth really close. You I think they, right. I think they had to shoot at four o'clock in the morning when they did. No, that he has. He had. That's Ted Cassidy. <laughs> he had a remarkably low voice. But I'm just more interested to see how that because you're aware of it. You know what you want to do. Uh, go, go and do it. Yeah. Uh, I'll, we can give you some hints. When Stu does his vampire game, he puts out a black velvet thing on the table. Tablecloth, yeah. There's red candles. Right. Uh, the lights are dim. Um, but it, this isn't necessarily a horror game, but he does well, some of kind of shitty lighting. Yeah, yeah. well, all right. But, <laughs> it's not yeah. so much setting. Uh, on our forums, there is a great example of a Cthulhu game that was run on a submarine underwater, and everybody had glow sticks, and, and they awesome. walked in, and there's just all you hear are like, you know, and the submarine sounds throughout the entire game, just sort of like in the background, and that's that was it. That was the theme. And uh, you can check it out on the forums. Uh, somebody's posted some pictures as well and, and had a great review of it. But that's that's a great example of how to set the tone without it being, you know, Scooby-Doo, without playing a lot of spooky music, without creaking doors and that kind of thing. I think you can I, – I, I want to see how you want to set this up. I want to see what you come up with because you know that you can do this. You know, you're asking questions because you know that you can set up the mood. So you be the party director. You be the party planner. Do it and then report back to us and see what happens. We give him a couple ideas. It's funny. Yeah. yeah. He asked another question. What was it, uh, About your setting, uh, when you're coming up with a setting like a city or something like that, a really good idea, which we've talked about doing a lot – is um, if you've got one guy who made a, a you know a, a ruffian sort of character who comes from the docks, mm-hmm. ask him what the docks are like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, give have him give you the name of his favorite pub there, mm-hmm. or you know, or the the um, the warehouse where he works, and maybe a couple of dodgy places he would go if he wanted to you know score some illegal something or other. Yeah, don't do what I do, which is. Map out the entire city and name every fucking house in and come up with backstories for everything. Because I may have I have more fun setting up where the castle is and naming the castle and figuring out what the royalty is and then where all the inns are and then where the barracks are. Oh, well, then the sewer systems have to run through here. And then, oh, well, I got to put it near a river. And, and I spend all this time on the city and then they leave. Right. <laughs> well, see, the, the thing that you do with that is, especially if it's in a real world game or a specific time period game, Look for actual maps of actual cities, yeah, and then just rename things. If you happen to be running, I mean, if this is a Victorian steampunk game that takes place in London, yeah, you're fucking set, yeah, yeah because there's a million things. There's tons of Victorian stuff that's been made for role playing games already. Yep, yeah. it's all out there. Call Re- of Cthulhu has tons of that shit. Repurpose them, yeah. And uh, you could take a note from Stu, which is come up with a great city map. Do the whole. Well, I don't know. Uh, what is the name of the inn? Ah, it's the uh, it's the purple bleeding heart. The purple bleeding heart. Right, that's what right. it is now. It, it, since you're on radio and you can't see Stork is mi- miming writing, writing it, it in. in as he as what he is right I'm old school. I find odd. Yes. I, I become oh, ambidextrous in, in my old age. Right. Uh, but I, I, it is in, if you include the players in some of that stuff. Like if you have a player who's you know, from the wealthier part of town, and he describes what the, you know the restaurants in the wealthier part of town, and some of the important mm-hmm. families, and just not everything, but have them give you little details that you can expand on or integrate into what you yeah. have. They're gonna be a little more invested in that city, and maybe they won't 
walk away from it the first chance they get. Yeah. Right. And so if you have a rudimentary map, all of a sudden that person who you say, I don't know, what is the name of the inn? Now that you've circled the inn, now it has a name. Right. You didn't have to do a thing for it. Mm-hmm. They've invested themselves into it. You've just circled it on the map and handed it to them. And this yep. is where the inn is. Yeah. And that a lot of that can be like game prep, actually. Send out the sure. map first. Mm-hmm. Send them a list of questions for them to think about, like, where's your favorite place to eat in the city? Where's your character from from in the city? Yeah, where's your home in the city? And then you can use that to create your story. And uh, props are always cool. Props are very cool. Stu makes maps. He makes... uh, if you're going to do Victorian steampunk stuff, do come up with a newspaper or a gazette, yeah. like every episode or every every. But they come up because that way they can they can keep track of murderers and stuff mm-hmm. that's going on and just hand it to them. But be very aware <laughs> of the red bear fish, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> if you have I don't know a couple of pika's words with width of blank space at the end of that gazette and fill it up with nonsense chances are yep they will seize upon it that's what they will think they will it's ignore- happened twice now yeah. tim did it yep i did it in savage worlds ignore all the actual implanted information and pick the one story that really was just because you had another inch at the bottom i, I was trying to fill column inches yeah yes, pick that one well yeah that's all you can't tell Nope. Don't know. Nope. Getting back to the other guy, you give the players too much information when you want the first impression. Yep. You don't know what information it is they're going to use to get that. Same thing. Here's a newspaper. Which is the story that's made up just to take up space, and which is the plot hook? You don't know. The bear was so much more interesting. <laughs> well, I, I had Nazis and all kinds of stuff set up. I know. About combat from our level. Thank you, I guess. Thank you very much, Dice, Dice Off. Off. I don't know if we've ever heard from Dice Off. I, I don't think we have either. Is he still in the forum or is he is he busy cursing us out now? Uh, I don't know. Let me see. So, I'm going to look. Dice Off, he's there. I'll continue on with our level. I, I've actually been ignoring him. Hey, DT Pints, you're there. Give me the details for JackerCon so I can oh, yeah. plug it. Yeah. We'll have to uh, wait a minute because he's in. And it, did Dice Off ask anything pertinent during our. Uh, I'm looking. All right. Dice Off. Dice off. Boots and pants and boots and pants and boots and I'll pants. Continue, I'll start with uh, about combat from hour 11. And I don't if he has anything. anything to ask. No, he said nothing interesting. Okay. Wow. <clears throat> hey, Happy Jack folk, and also a hey to the B team. A hey to the B team. First, please edit liberally. I tend to I tend toward the wordiness. You I'm didn't right- do that bad. You're only at one page. <laughs> I'm writing in to uh. talk about... The role of combat in RPGs. It's definitely the roots of the hobby, chainmail, etc. It's generally given the disproportionately largest section of the rulebook, and... I agree with that right there! It's an expected part of the flow in most traditional games. I have three encounters prepped before the, they fight the big bad, but is it necessary? Oh, thank God. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> no, I, that, that's the thing. When I, when I look at game books and how much... How many pages is taken up by combat compared to everything else? Uh-huh. I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, years ago, I remember Bill was talking about, uh, I, won't, I won't name the specifics about the game or whatever, but they were, there was a, it was an online video game. It was like, is there a way to solve this particular puzzle without killing something? And they even wrote to the gaming company and they were like, nope, you got to get in combat. And they were like, that's not fair. That, right. There should be a way to solve something without actually killing mm-hmm. it. Says every player to every GM. <laughs> I, stop talking to my experience points. Uh, I want to point out that I'm specifically talking about combat and not conflict. 
as these are two separate ideas. You know what? Yes. Mm-hmm. Well spake, sir. Well spake. Although combat is one type of conflict. Conflict and drama are required for narrative, as an indie literary analysis text will say, but actual physical confrontation and aggression with the end goal of defeating an opponent is not required for solid narrative. So, why is it expected? Or even more, why is it the focal point of so much of the hobby? Is it only a holdover from the past? Is it the easiest way to get an entire group pulled into a conflict? Thoughts? Comments? Mm? Hold on one second yeah. before you go. Yes? JackerCon, June 24th to July 1st on Google+, Plus. JackerCon community. That's JackerCon. That is the that is the listener-run online virtual convention. June 24th to July 1st on the G+, JackerCon community on G+. You can go to our forum at happyjacks.org slash forum or forum.happyjacks.org or whatever it is. And it's one of the two. I think they both work. I think they both work. But if you go there, there is actually so professional. A, there's a sub-forum for, for JackerCon. You can put a, a, a note in there and say, hey, what the fuck is up with this thing? I want to fucking play in it. Where's my shit? Right. And, they will, and you'll be pointed in the right direction or, you know. Someone will be paying to point you. DT Pints, yeah, I think he's still running it. He's uh, with uh, what a two-year-old now, one-year-old, uh, something like that. Yeah, he, yeah, and he also he used the topic button, which erased all of the previous information that was on the woof. <laughs> he's like, wow, yeah. The topic button is a powerful monkey Power. wrench. <laughs> yes, it is. <clears throat> uh, all right, so not not to be used lightly. <laughs> <laughs> Although it did. Bring my eyes right to the bright green... T with a capital P. I'm sorry, keep reading. All right. Uh, I started thinking... That's a dangerous pastime. A lot. I started thinking a lot, which is even more dangerous, about this when my old gaming group dissolved due to real-life drama end of a relationship, and I began to look for a new group that uh, to run games for. The campaign that dissolved with the first group was my decade-long Vampire, Vampire the, Requiem. the Requiem game, which had probably three rounds of combat in it total. Wow. wow. And I thought we were, we were like non-combat no. monkeys. No. Wow. In looking for a new group in real life, not online, I found it nearly impossible to find players who were okay with a game where they probably won't actually kill anything. And if they do, it's a narrative choice and not the heat of rolling criticals. No judgment against combat fans. I'm sure their eyes glaze over with boredom at some point in the game, just like mine do when combat starts. (laughs) Different people look for different things. I get that. I guess... What it comes down to is me wondering why it's the centerpiece of most systems and such a strong component of the hobby. The past two years, I've been working with my own system since I can't seem to find one that plays the way I like to GM. It handles all conflict that can't be role-played in the same way with a single role. It also, scandalously, doesn't have rules for player death. Hey, sounds familiar to me. (laughs) Well, yeah, I don't know. I died horribly in playing your game. Well, that was a long time ago. The new moment of truth, the player decides when his character has died. That's the moment of truth, isn't That's it? That's super existential. Yeah, it is. The, the player decides, my character is dead. And, and as a reward, he gets to give all of the other players or moments of truth. Am I? Then, oh. I might just be he a brain make it nope. make on it a rain. table. <laughs> you have to actually die. Being actually <laughs> manipulated. What's he building in there? What's he building Yeah, you got to make it rain. Make it rain. If combat nope. isn't necessary. You have to do this. This is how you make it rain. Okay. <laughs> 
Hello, I'm reading. Sorry. If comment isn't necessary. I always thought it was... No. Because <laughs> making it rains from strip clubs, right? Yes. I don't know. I just remember the American Indians with their rain sticks and doing the whole third dance. <laughs> I got a rain stick somewhere. I should bring that in here. Uh, hey yo, That's a terrible <clears throat> If idea. combat isn't necessary, <laughs> is Hong player Kong. deaf? <laughs> is is it? Is it? I think it can be, but I think it's... You guys weren't listening. In, in my, if combat isn't necessary, night. is player death. Does that also have to be the stakes? Something trying to kill players... I find the story to be much more savage when the NPC, the NPCs are hurting the players in more interesting ways. Emotionally, for example, what hurts Batman more, a punch in the face or a punch in the face of one of those vulnerable people he cares about? Shooting, uh, shooting at him with a gun or making him second-guess himself? I think combat is just one of the numerous tools of storytelling uh, and a relatively minor one if you look at the classics in drama and literature, for examples. So... Why does it always seem to be the primary one in our hobby? Our 11 in the forums. Dude, we, this is a whole show right here. I, it is. I think... I don't I th- have an I easy think answer. Part of, it does, it, part of it comes down to the roots of, of the original role-playing games. Tolkien? No. Uh, chain, <laughs> Chainmail. No, Tolkien the would fa- totally fa- be fa- like all the existential... It like, really sitting. would be. A lot. Let us sit at a table and talk about the stuff. food for... Right. Yeah, but the Battle of Five Armies actually isn't no, in the book. That's at not all. what I'm talking I know. about. I'm just saying. I never read anything about the Battle of the Five Armies. I don't even remember that. That's it's because it's not stuff. in the book, right? Yeah, because Bilbo gets knocked on but the head. In Lord of the Rings. Yeah, but they're they're not like. And lo, the battle was long, and people did fight mightily, <laughs> and the Rowan but was nearly that's overrun. That's what I'm talking about. No, okay. That's I'm, how the battles I'm, I'm, were described. I'm talking about the fact that D&D was built out of, out of a miniatures combat game. A war yeah. game, yeah. That's what it started out as. Yeah. And it, it, is, <clears throat> it is, I mean, it is the highest stakes of all. Really, I mean, getting killed is worse than being embarrassed. For most people. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I make a living at this. Yeah. <laughs> right. Being, being embarrassed. Being murdered is worse than being asked to question the morality of your actions. Yes. That's why I think it is. Now, does it need to have 35% of the rule book or however much it is? No, it shouldn't. It doesn't at all. It can be made far more compact and... More decisive, and he, like he was resolving it in one role. Yeah, I don't know about that. Maybe, maybe not. Whatever. But I could kind of understand that. Um, well, talents is one role, right? Well, I got in a I got in a conversation with uh, Mauser about. Um, uh, he was getting on me again about about uh, social skills and mm-hmm. how I would prefer to role play social skills than just roll them, mm-hmm. and. And my and, and he had this great argument about you know if I'm not good at talking my way out of a situation, but I have a character who is, I want to be able to rely on that role. I'm like, okay, that's great. I'm shitty at tactics. Can I just have one role that says I win the combat? <laughs> no, wait. That's not how that no, works. He, no, but, he, but he's like, okay, touche. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's, you're make you make, that's a valid point. Yeah. I mean, the we we use. We use the rules to abstract things that we can't resolve ourselves face to face. 
right? We can't pick up swords and decide who's going to walk away from the brawl by actually fighting each other. So we're we, we use game mechanics for it. Yeah. But even LARPers use game mechanics for yeah. it. Whereas if we're going to get into an argument about whether we're going to turn left or right, we don't need to pick up dice. We can just have that argument, and whoever wins that argument wins the argument. Or maybe the party splits up. Yeah. But we don't need to resolve that with some sort of a game mechanic. We can just resolve it with role-playing. So mm-hmm. I think there needs... <clears throat> I think there's you you need to have combat rules in a, in a in a role playing game, but I don't think they need to be as extensive as they are. I don't think they need to be as central to the game as they often are, depending on what kind of game you're playing. Right, and they're not. I mean, if you look at if you look at Call of Cthulhu, the combat section of Call of Cthulhu is not large. Yeah. I well, because if you get in combat, you're <laughs> you've lost. <laughs> yeah. If you get in combat, You're, well, you go mad, and yeah, it's, or no, you can fight other people. And yeah, stuff yeah like that's true. You, you can certainly kill your entire party. Yeah, right. <laughs> and 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 it's a bad it's a bad day to get in combat in Call of Cthulhu. And mm-hmm. I think it's, in most games, unless it, you're playing a super like heroic or pulpy game, it should be a bad day when you get in combat. Mm-hmm. Whether you win or lose, you're probably not coming out unscathed, and it should suck. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make a lot of suppositions here. All right, in the literary sense we have this construct of the heroic journey and much of our basis for western literature is based on the greek idea of heroes and they usually had a lot of combat involved sometimes they ended up sleeping with their mother uh there was a lot of that it's in the bible it's kind of ingrained in the journey of a hero yes I think that that is the crux of the biscuit mm-hmm. <laughs> of why this is in the books and is so important because that's the default that people do. Luke Skywalker eventually has to battle his dad. Right. Spoilers. Sorry. <laughs> uh, therefore, that combat and that combat is important and there needs to be rules for it. Does that have to be every time they encounter somebody? Absolutely no. Not. But that I think that that's kind of what happens is that we've fallen upon wanting to play a Greek tragedy at every NPC we meet. Uh, I go to the blacksmith to buy chainmail. I pull out my sword and kill him. Right. I roll for initiative. Uh, it it becomes much of the players. It's, the onus is on the players, I think, and maybe the GM. But those rules are there because it's part of that story. It's part of that that heroic epic journey yeah well it's like playing out fantasies i mean that's really what we do Mm -hmm. like we come up with different characters and things like that um but for them i mean we want to be badass we want to be cool maybe we don't want to be cool maybe we want to be the weirdo bard that freaks everybody out but whatever it is like that's what we kind of be when we create characters but when someone really pisses you off you want to be able to hit them in the face Right. Because you don't get to do that in normal life. Right. So I think Unless you have no combat skills, in which case you want to talk <laughs> him down. Well, yeah. But, but I, think- I mean, comparing like what you would do in real life to what you would do right. in a role-playing game, if someone like fucks with you and fucks with you and fucks with you, it's like, I'm going to punch him in the face. Yep. I've been emasculated my whole life. Why right. would I want to talk to people and <laughs> talk to people that are bullying me my entire life? I want to kill them. Right. Well, and I think that's kind of where it comes from. Or you just don't want to go to jail because some guy's an asshole. Yeah. Well, and I mean, we're talking about uh, 
you know, our, a lot of our the people in our hobbies are not necessarily the most physically fit or active. Not that, what? I know. Are shocking. you calling me fat? No, you're calling me morbidly obese again, aren't you? No, no, <laughs> I think she's looking at my man boobs when she said that. <laughs> but we're also um, we tend to struggle socially. Or not necessarily fit in socially. Like, right. we fit in very well when we find others of ourselves. Right. So, which is why we're all fucking hanging out all the time. Right. Um, <laughs> but, so, I mean, these are things that um, that they struggle with. So, not they, people don't want to sit necessarily, at least, it's it's changing now. And I think it, that's, in, you can see that in all the, all the systems that are out there now. Mm-hmm. And new systems that are being developed that people are wanting to change. But I think the original you know, playing out your fantasy was, you know, taking that social element out of it. So taking the peer pressure, the social element of what you were saying earlier, the the conversation, like you have to be good at talking to do the talky part. Right. And, you know, kind of increasing the badassdom a bit. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, yes, I can totally swing a sword. So I roll. And then, you know, I want to woo the wench. So I'm going to roll my charisma roll because I can't talk to girls in real life. Right. So why would I be able to talk to girls while i'm sitting at the table with a bunch of guys like that doesn't make sense either so i'm gonna roll for it right you know i, th- I, think- I roll my charisma yeah <laughs> there is one other thing i want to touch on if we're going to deal with tropes and that's testosterone when it first comes on is an unbelievably powerful hormone Oh, sure. Oh, I have a PowerPoint and, on my computer right now. I can show you exactly and we, what it does. And, 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 and my, my family had this, had this family friend. I, I, I agree with that, but, but you're going to derail me and I'm going to lose my Sorry, train of thought. But it's tenuous at best. Yeah, no, fine. Uh, I had a family friend that raised like five boys. And she said, it's the best quote ever, uh, there is a thing that happens between like 12 and 20. It's called unfocused male rage. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is why... Boys are great at combat because they are just want to hit shit. They are just angry at, and, and if they can't find something to be angry, they will make shit up to be angry at. Why Boys, do you think they go to high schools to recruit people for the military? Okay, <laughs> all right. My point, <laughs> right. and she realized this. She raised yeah. five boys. She saw this trend. Sure, I'm. I'm you know, it, it's an empirical study. Maybe we, we could actually go to research it. But DT Pint says, and then it causes balding. Yes. <laughs> so there's this thing called un- unfocused male rage, and perhaps early on in the st- in in the hobby, a lot of young. 15-year-old boys adopted it, right. and, and their unfocused male rage had a focus. And so combat became very important. And, and that, that, that's the self-fulfilling prophecy, because Perhaps. the people who are buying the game want more combat, so the mm-hmm. designers make games with more combat. Yeah. Thank you for exactly. finishing that. Excellent, yeah. Stu. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. That's probably why. Yeah. That's why, Hour 11. Well, that's I why. also think, too, just as like a game designer, it's so much easier to create mechanics for things like combat than actual role-playing yes it's super hard so if they're gonna make a book they're gonna probably have more of what they can actually you know quantify right when you can't really quantify what different like i'm so glad that you know (laughs) the difference between quantify and qualify because i can't tell you how many people in the world say well it's a quality i'm like no that's quantifying it's a numerical value yeah i I teach Yeah, I know. Okay. I know. Thank you for that. That was my reference, by the way. I got to teach sex education this week. Oh, so right. I actually have a PowerPoint on my computer right now that shows you all about <laughs> testosterone and what it does to the male body. And uh, I got to teach that to a room of 36 Kimmy, girls this I week. I just would like to say that if I had to have sex ed with you... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't teach the boys. I taught the girls. I got lots of questions about uh, tampons and how to get rid of zits. 
It's very entertaining. Well, that stuff's important. Yeah. I mean, this is their world right now. Yeah. Yeah. Tampons. That's rough. That's that's. I had a little. that plumbing Sample is so one. badly designed. I just gotta say, I mean, oh, if, if, well, that's it's, a great it's example a, for non-intelligent design. Who would have put it's that an ad hoc design? It's awful. <laughs> it's awful. Well, and the girls are like, "Wait, there are two holes down there." No. You're just like, "Yes, yes." You're not peeing out of your vagina. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's amazing what they don't know. You're not a chicken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Chick- chick- oh my god! That's where the eggs come out their butts. So what? You didn't know that? No, yeah. I just uh, that's well, why they're next time I'm foul. eating a chicken. <laughs> I know foul that's a ball. Joke, that's, that's a whole new sense of yeah. the word. Yeah. So uh, so while you're teaching these things, okay, I have to say that like this, you have the most inappropriate things coming through your mind at all times, right? Of course, the super sarcastic comments. So at one point, there's this girl, and she's super shy, and she's just like super nervous. And she's like, okay, because we talked about, like, what actual sexual intercourse was. So she's like, so when the guy puts it in the girl, do they just lay there? <laughs> My head immediately goes to, not if you're lucky. <laughs> and I'm like, mm. Okay, edit. edit <laughs> yeah, edit self. Edit self. And then I, I always say that, like, sometimes it's like you're standing in a corridor and a hundred doors open up and you don't know which one to go yeah. down. <laughs> You're like, no, no, go down the, the, the teacher's... Stay on target. <laughs> so you're like, friction is necessary, so some movement is needed. <laughs> I forget. Something, something very textbooky is what I said, because oh. it was like all right there in the PowerPoint. But Kimmy, that is the hardest oh, job ever. You are a superhero. so entertaining. You are truly a superhero. So entertaining. I told you about Mr. Scott. Oh, the yes, Marine- you did. Oh, my God. <laughs> fifth, fifth grade or sixth grade is when they, they showed us the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sex ed movie. And our principal was Mr. Scott. <laughs> Mr. Scott was a Marine drill instructor. <laughs> and he came in and it was all the boys from fifth grade or whatever it mm-hmm. was. And he says, I'm going to show you a movie. I'm going to show it to you three times. The first time you're going to laugh a lot. The second time you're going to laugh less. <laughs> By the third time you might learn something. Lights go off. The film comes on. That was sex ed. Smart man, though. Yeah. You know he's right. Totally right. Yep. Yeah, you have to do the thing where you're like, okay, I'm going to say penis like 10 times in a row. You can all laugh right now and just get it over with. It is an intrinsically funny, funny word. It is. It is. And, and then we're not going to laugh at it the rest of the Almost as funny as Almost monkey. Almost as funny as monkey. Penis there's, monkey. Oh there's a penis monkey. There is a great scene uh, in... Um, monkey penis. <laughs> Oh, that's that's horrifying. There is a great scene in a. It's a classic movie called Anatomy of a Murder with Jimmy Stewart. I'm a really young. Um, um, uh, if we had these bombers and they fly in, and uh, uh, George C. Scott. Uh, really, it's called Anatomy of a Murder. Anyway, they talk. There's a scene in there where he comes up and goes. And the judge is an actual judge that they hired to be the advisor and then ended up being the actor in the film. And there's a moment where he goes, can I bring you... And they say, we're going to be using the word panties a lot. Is there another word we could use? And they're like, I, I don't know of any other word. And George C. Scott says, well, I, I learned one when I was in the Army in France, but that's probably not appropriate. <laughs> too. So he ends up having to say to the... I'm gonna. We're going to use this word. It's going to be coming up a, a few times. Get your laughter over with now, and then we'll move on. And and it's a real moment. Sometimes that has to happen. I think that ever works, doesn't right? it? Right. Well, Especially it might. If, no, it's okay. it's in a it's in a murder trial. So right. And it was in the forties or fifties. So right. That does happen. Uh, Look it up. 
Lith- great movie. Lithia great movie. says, Kimmy, thank you for teaching actual sex ed. <laughs> we overseas hear such bad things about sex ed in some of your states. Yes. Yeah. Close your eyes and think of England. Yeah. In Texas, in Texas, <laughs> yeah. depending on which textbook that you are allowed to read, yeah, it might be different. Yeah, California. I don't know if they did it with sex ed, but they did it with other things. Yeah, yeah. Well, there are some states that they don't teach anything. We legally have to teach abstinence. Right, we right. can tell them other options, but we have to include abstinence and right. mention that yes. it's the only 100% effective way, right. which we do, and we talk about... Oh, that's the the the, uh, the therapist my kids went to. Mm-hmm. She said, this is the first thing that... Because she, she was like very much like... And she's a very progressive woman. Yeah. The first thing out of her mouth was, sex is for people who are married. Mm-hmm. First thing you teach them. After that, if they have other questions, then you can be more realistic about it. Mm-hmm. But try to drive that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm well, like, we got we right. really off. <laughs> yeah, we did. So off traffic. Really? Yeah. Really so personal that was, all of a sudden. Okay. okay. Rules heavy system recommendation from GM Zach. Hey there, Dappy Jacks. Hey. I'm running a 13th age campaign for some friends, and it's going well. Though I've noticed that the more narrative improv-based nature of the 13th Age rules are a great fit for some of my players, most of whom are engineers. I have a chance to wrap... I have a chance to wrap up this campaign and start a new one with a smaller group considering consisting of just the engineer types soon. I've written in about them before, but must confess I skipped the episode last... My last email was read on. Oh, what are you Aww. doing? Which involved angry. That's As why. the internet personality he performs isn't my style. All right. Yeah. Well, let me call him right now, and I'll have him finish this email for me. Uh, <laughs> no. My pers- my personal philosophy as a GM is that if my players are having fun, I'm having fun. Yay! That is a good philosophy. That's pretty much Stu's worldview. Yep. Uh, there are have a good time all the time. <laughs> That's my philosophy. philosophy. Um, uh, there are certain, certainly some ways I serve myself as G- in GMing, but most of my joy comes from seeing the players get into the game. Word. Nice. Uh, that being said, I think a rules-heavy system might be the way to go with these guys, given giving them a much more defined set of tools to work with. As a former theater person myself, those first campaigns, Edge of the Empire group, um, was and is made of improv-loving theater people. I've learned that I shouldn't think ill of my engineer party's lack of improv skill, but should lean into a system that will reward the way they think. Very open-minded of you. Actually, you know what? He's, He's already answering most of his own problems here. As a disclaimer, only two of them stay away from improv totally. Others have have leaned into it, embraced it, and done really well. But I think I could find a system that engages everyone. I would like a system that involves non-combat rules as well as a good combat system. Something that's rewarding once we get the rules down. Uh, I've glanced at Shadowrun 5e, Rollmaster, GURPS. Out of those, another system you, uh, you can... Or another system you can think of, which would you recommend? Uh, I, I know I have some priests of GURPS among you, uh, so I assume I'll get, I'll get, it'll get some airtime. What a surprise! Uh, what would be a good place to start with that system? I spent a half hour researching it online, and was overwhelmed by the amount of content. Thanks, GM Zach. P.S. I forgot to include a P.S. Last time, here you go. P.P.S. Drink. Um, I don't know. I know that um, Shadowrun is. 
a, a crunchy game as well, and I d- don't know it well enough to be able to talk about it with any sort of authority whatsoever. I played a Shadowrun game this last GameCon, and mm-hmm. it was kind of a horror story. I was never able to get to it about my review of it. I don't want to do it now. It wasn't very pleasant to me, but yes, it's very crunchy. Once combat starts... It's minutia by minutia by minutia. Oh, it it mm-hmm. can take a very long time. That might be something they like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they might. Maybe, maybe they might. Um, if you want super crunchy, hero, hero. System. I was That's what hero. I was going to say. Yeah, and, uh, that, and you run, run a uh, superhero game and hero system. Have and just have them make their characters. If they're if they're comic book guys, they'll look at it and go. I can make it a, the exact Anything. dude I want with the exact powers and exactly. <laughs> yeah. and There's a lot of way to tweak things. It's also kind of a big investment. It's, yeah, it's mm-hmm. not a cheap game. Although you know the, the two GURPS books are not cheap either. That's true. Well, uh, if you want to look GURPS, and then the neat thing about engineers is they're realists. Everything has to deal with gravity and and physics and stuff. And GURPS uh, does all that. Does the yeah. it's the best game out there for mimicking reality. Mm-hmm. I think. Uh, and if you want to start with GURPS, then start with GURPS Lite. That's your that's your intro. Yeah. Uh, and you can actually print it out and have people make characters. And also MOOCs got a bunch of, and there's written a book on how to start in GURPS and not GURPS, be intimidated. How to be a GURPS GM. What you said um, right there is everything every GURPS GM dreads, which is I looked at it and was overwhelmed at my options. And you, that's what the every nice GURPS thing about their, the game is it's very modular. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, it is. And there's there's like three levels of combat system now. So I think, don't quote me on this, but in the back, very back section of book one is the bare bones combat system. Start there. Run the game with that combat system. Yep. And then when you go on to, after a couple sessions, when everyone kind of has got everything figured out, then the next section tells you how to run things a little more realistically, introduces hit locations and stuff like that and... And once you start adding those things in, suddenly then the game starts to become crunchier and crunchier. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we I ran that game for a decade and a half. I and I think if you're dealing with engineers, they're going to jump. They're going to look at the uh, stuff and jump to the advanced rules quickly because they're going to want gravity. They're going to want uh, falling damage. They're right. going to want to exploit physics as much as they can. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, maybe I'm assuming a lot of engineers. And deal, it depends and, on and, the type of engineer, I suppose. And, I mean, there's shock rules, which basically are, try to mimic hydrostatic shock from exactly. hard blows so, or bullets. So it will, it will shut them the fuck up so that when they <laughs> shoot somebody with a sniper bullet, they'll be like, what about the hydrostatic damage? It's like, well, you know what? There is a chart for that. And they're like, oh. Yeah. Well, okay. it, it won't. No, with a sniper rifle, doesn't. The okay. All right. Damage doesn't all right. matter. <laughs> Did you just oh, actually me? Yes. <laughs> totally. You 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 pop someone with a with a sniper rifle. We always bring up sniper rifles. They're dead it. before you get to the it's, part where you worry about the shock. As well, it should. Yeah. Uh, but my point being that there is a chart, or it's been thought out of in GURPS, and I think an engineer would respond very well to that. However, if depending on the type of game you're playing. If you're doing a superhero game and you're playing with a bunch of engineers, hero is the way to go. There's knockback stuff. There's, oh, there's presence attacks. All kinds of wonderful things that they can exploit and all make sense in that superhero genre. Mm-hmm. What are you looking at? I'm looking at the form. Yeah. All right. I'm, the scan- chat I'm scanning. Room. Is it my turn to read again? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, last one. Is it Kimmy's turn? I think it's my turn. D&D 4E woes We can Jonathan. split it. There's like a break halfway through. Whoa. Nail him All to right. the tree of woes. Hello. Just started listening a couple weeks ago. 
I got into RPGs around the same time 4E was released. And I gotta say that 4E was a failure. I have never heard about the guy in charge of uh, what the online tools killing himself, but that would explain why the project fell on its face. Whoa, okay. Uh, Remember Pi- the whole computer programming thing? Yeah, yeah, you, no, yeah. yeah. Uh, Paizo continued to make 3.5 and uh, stuff and didn't really help either because it let players remain tucked away in their little comfort zone rather than accepting the new rule system. Mm. This is like angry. <laughs> yeah. Look back, looking back, the two biggest problems 4E had to me were the miniatures and the powers. What every player needed was a small deck of cards with their daily uh, utility and whatever else powers on them, so the player could easily know what they could do. We had those. Yeah, we did. G- yeah, the, the online tools actually would generate them, and you could just cut them out. Yeah, I think he's saying that that's a good idea. He liked that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, as for miniatures, whoever's idea it was to sell them in blind boxes like collectible cards Fuck should with. be shot. It didn't need a rat swarm, a town. Uh, I didn't need a rat swarm, a town guard, an imp, an elven archer, and a unicorn. I needed four hobgoblins and an evil wizard. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and yes, I know you can use the other stuff to mark positions. And there's a new product out there called Attack Wing, and I'm pissed because it's exactly what I was looking for eight years ago. There you go. I'd like <sighs> to say that Tappy nailed 4E, in my opinion, in simple words, which is, oh, well, it's a nice little miniatures game. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. It really is. Yeah. With some with some role-playing yeah. in between. Yeah, mm-hmm. but this guy really likes 4E. So he's angry that they continue to make 3.5 stuff and other things, right. so people had options. Um, all right, so now for the horror story. It's about a gaming store. The year is 2011. <laughs> Excellent. That's me, by yeah. the way. Yeah. That's amazing. The year is 2011. I'm a freshman in college, and one day I see a sign on the wall advertising a new gaming store opening up about a mile from the campus. I've been listening to Fear the Boot for just under a year. By then, so my expectations of RPGs have been properly massaged and inflated. On opening day... On opening day, I packed up my su- my supplies and walked down to the store. It was packed with strangers, and I, being a shy individual, asked the clerk where the games were being played. She asked what system I was running, and I told her for or e. She directed me to the table. No one at the table greeted me. They weren't meaning to be. Or they weren't mean or rude. In all likelihood, they were just socially as as socially awkward as me. After a while, I noticed that none of them appeared to be the DM. So I asked where he or she might be. I'm told that all the DMs are in the back room discussing the games they're going to run. Sometime later, the guy who looked uh, like Hermes from Futurama came okay, by. I don't know who that is. <laughs> I've it. seen Future, Futurama, but I don't know who Hermes is. I'm just going to say, is he the league guy with the hair? No, uh, that's not Hermes. No, that's no. Hermes. No. Oh, isn't Hermes the brown, the big guy with the, with the dreadlocks, the black hair? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I think that's him. Like... I, I used to watch that show religiously. I don't remember now. He's got, he's got like yeah, a, no, that's Hermes. The black dreadlock. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's got to be him. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big guy, curly hair, mm-hmm. white in ringlets, long, yeah. Yeah. like dreadlocks. I think. It's yeah, hard to, it's hard to tell with the limited animation. You would call those naughty dreads. Okay. <laughs> Sometime later, the guy who looked like Hermes from Hermes from Futurama came by and confirmed that we were the four E group. He proceeded to hand us blank 4E character sheets and explained that he'd be using 4E, a 4E module, but we were going to be playing Pathfinder rules because he didn't like 4E. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone asked, we were to say that we were playing 4E D&D. I asked why, and he said something about the store owner getting a discount on 4E material if he encouraged <laughs> customers to play it. <laughs> oh my god, no, no. 
Wow. There's a peek behind the curtain there. We will be playing Pathfinder. Pathfinder. With a superior system. (laughs) And apparently the store is forced to endorse 4E, so yeah. Well, they got discounts on 4E stuff. Which they could push on people who would pretend to play 4E when they were playing Pathfinder. (laughs) I have never played Pathfinder. I only knew 4E. So, and I came here to play 4E, and that's why I was sitting at a table marked D&D 4E. <laughs> but I quickly gave up and opened the PDF of the Pathfinder play, Player's Guide, obtained by completely legitimate means. A legitimate means? It's got an exclamation right. point. And I started building a Pathfinder gnome sorcerer in a four, on a 4E character sheet. <laughs> <laughs> you hmm. can totally do that. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing you're missing is, like, the, the, the different... Uh, uh, what do they call that? They used... They're not saves, but there's like... Yeah. You have different ACs. You have like a touch AC, and so you don't have those in for you. No. In case it's not clear, I've been sitting there but for about three hours by then, and it was now dark outside. Oh my god, you made characters for three hours? Nothing was really happening apart from some guys playing magic. All the DMs were still conferencing, and everyone else was just milling about. All right, so the G... Oh, yeah, wait. Okay, well, go ahead and finish. Uh, at hour four, I packed up my stuff and left. Quitter. No one stopped me or asked where I was going. <laughs> Writing this now, I realized part of the problem was my own social anxiety. I never went back to the store. It's still open. And I still hate Pathfinder for playing the part. its part in the demise of 4E. Keep up the awesome. I think 4E would have demised itself pretty well no. without Pathfinder. No, no, no. <laughs> the problem was that the douchebag GMs were all standing in the back... Talking, smoking, oh, sure, drinking, yeah. and sucking each other's cocks <laughs> while you were there, like not waiting that to play a game. Wrong with that. No, no, there's not. But I mean, what with the peeking out the door, going, oh, there's still people there. We should wait a little yeah. bit longer. It's not never nice there, to suck oh, people's wait, cock while wait, other people wait. are waiting for you. It's not nice. One left. Okay, <laughs> wait, depends whether you're receiving or that's not. That's true. What? How? What? How? They can wait. Why are they sitting <laughs> back there talking? There's people out there waiting. What the fuck is wrong with these GMs? I don't know. It sounds like maybe they didn't have games prepped it, and they were using the time to prep it their sounds games. to me like the whole thing was a scam it, it does to me it too. sounds to me like they, they they the owner of the store gets stuff for supporting games yep like discounts or maybe some promote promo stuff or whatever and he wants that stuff so he's got three or four people he works in cahoots with who pretend they're going to run games and pull crap like this until everyone walks out of the right. store. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. don't actually have to run anything. I, I, but they're if you're going to fuck around for four hours, why not just run the fucking game? They're back there confabbing for four hours? I mean, what the... No. Are they designing an entire city well, house by house? I mean, it takes a while to make... If, you've, if you're unfamiliar with Pathfinder... Yeah, and you sit down to make character. When we made those characters no. for no, the players were there making characters. The GMs were still no. in the back talking. That's only the one table where the GM actually came out, tossed out some character sheets, and disappeared again. Yeah, and and they were all talking to each other in the back room. What the what? Who knows? What I would have like knocked on the door. Like, Excuse me. That's there's a bunch of people right. out here ready to play. I think Pathfinder is superior to Four E. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. Could somebody come out here and lead us? <laughs> Otherwise, sorry, we're having a confab. Can you wait, please? Excuses. <laughs> sorry, really. Oh, Pathfinder. Oh, Dude, that's you got you got so hosed that and, and not in a good way. Well, I don't even know what the deal is there. I don't understand why the GMs were like, oh, is this the one day of the week that they go meet? Maybe. Do they all have to like run the same game? Is this like a 
It might have been. It might have been. Maybe they were all running Pathfinder Society games and they only had one copy. And maybe that was the thing. Right. And they all had to like make sure their notes were straight. They had to copy it by hand? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they printed it out of ink and they only had to print out one copy. When people, when I'm late to show up to a game, I am apologetic to everybody. Oh, yeah. It's terrible. I can't imagine inviting, having people show up and then having them wait for five hours. Fucking bait and switch. That takes a lot of fucking balls. Yeah. It really takes a lot of balls to do something like that. Especially when people are excited about the new system. They probably just spent a bunch of money on the books and stuff. Right. They dropped they dropped a hundred bucks on the big yeah. three books and they want to play it and we're gonna play Pathfinder because it's a superior game. <laughs> I'm not even mad about that. Right. Fine. Play whatever system you want. I'm just No, don't tell I'm me pissed I'm gonna play that. one game and yeah. then, then, then uh, don't bait me into a gaming store saying I'm gonna have a game and then I sit there for five hours on my ass waiting for you to come out behind a golden curtain with your wonderful story. It's like, I, look. Looking like fucking Hermes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, with your look. green suit. Come on. There's the people waiting. Yeah. yeah. What's wrong with these people? What's wrong with the world? And your six dreadlocks. <laughs> Is it six? Yeah, it might be. Uh, well, seven. Sorry, I miscounted. It, when he turns his head, it changes. Um, Is that it? We're done. Yeah. yeah. That's quite a horror story, though. Yeah. We really need to, like, publish a book someday. Of, of other people's uh, horror yes, stories? Our collection. Well, uh, someone was going to do that. Tim? Maybe. I think he even got the... <laughs> he followed through. Yeah. Um, really? <laughs> I think he, he, he... I think... It, was it him or was it... Or was it Tyler? Who was going to... Who started a blog. <laughs> he started a blog called Sh- Show Me Your Crits. Yep. Oh, and nice. it was going to be a, nothing but horror stories. But there's actually a Tumblr blog that already does that. Mm. A couple other podcasts do it as well. They don't call it horror stories. They call it like fails or something. But yeah, It's become a thing. Good. It should be a thing. Yeah. yeah. We learn more from these horror stories than we ever do from it. Look, look how angry I am. At, you know, I'm showing up at a gaming store and they don't run a game for me. Know. F those people. Yeah. Fuckers. All right. Let's call it. All right. Oh, JackerCon. When the fuck was JackerCon again? He did it again. No, no, he didn't. He's gone. He, he, he child bed. I'm going up the thing, seeing if I can find the thing again. I should actually write this information down. Well, you can probably find it in the show notes. No, I want to find it. <laughs> this is oh JackerCon, June twenty fourth to July first. G plus JackerCon community. Go to our forum. We'll point you in the right direction there. Uh, and people have had trouble like figuring out how to sign up for that. If you go to this spot here, you will get led by the hand. It's pretty yeah. easy. But DT Pines is the guy that usually runs it and uh, he's, uh, he's kinda he's a little overwhelmed right now. He is. So. He is. But uh, it's become an incredibly popular thing and a lot of the Happy Jacks Forum people love it and play it and I, it's all I, is it do they Skype? A, no, it's all on G Plus. G Plus okay. G Plus Hangouts. I'm a, I I gotta look at my schedule and I gotta see what's going on around them. But I'm I may try to run a game if I possibly can. Motive for that. Uh, well, yeah, I will say motive sin. Yeah. Uh, moment of truth. Yeah, fuck, fuck yeah. I don't want M O S M O T. I can't. Mot. Figure it. Yeah, Mot. Not Moss. And uh, and also September second, third, fourth, and fifth. Come to Gateway twenty sixteen. We'll be there. We'll do so, a show. And on you're Saturday. gonna run a big blue monkeys. Kimmy you gonna run um, something. Yep. Kimmy will run something. Yep. Absolutely. Dave and I are thinking about bringing back the the can't afford the bill. What's nice. that? Uh, the the tales of the floating vagabond. You play tested it with us, you know. I don't even remember. No, I I don't care. I, I don't in, <laughs> endorse supporting. Even, I even even if it's the earlier edition, I understand. 
I'm so mad about that. I know. All right. Come on, what the fuck? Yeah! <laughs> well, listeners of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. Thank you for joining us for Season 17, Episode 2 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. My name is Stork. And uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you'd like to listen to us live, we'll be on next Friday at 8, 8, 8 p.m. 8 p.m. Maybe 8.30. Because we got Eric next week. Oh, yeah. No, 8.30 p.m. Pacific time. Join us there. Happy Checks at org slash live. We'll leave you the song.